If you're over 40, I want to offer you a personal recommendation. Add nitric oxide support to your daily health regimen. You've heard me talk about nitric oxide before. It has a critical impact on the health of your circulatory system, which is critical cardiovascular, cognitive, and even sexual health. We're all born with the ability to make adequate levels of nitric oxide, but as we age, our production goes down and the efficiency of our body's critical systems are affected. To address my own levels and the levels of my patients, I use Berkeley Life's Nitric Oxide Support Supplement. Berkeley Life's Easy 2 Capsule Daily Regimen offers a consistent dose of dietary nitrates, the key ingredient that our bodies need to regain healthy levels of nitric oxide. If you're over 40 or treating blood pressure or erectile dysfunction, I suggest you add Berkeley Life to your routine. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman for a special on Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support products and enjoy the boost in nitric oxide that I and my patients all enjoy. Again, that's berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use code Hoffman for special access to Berkeley Life. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mudin. Thank you for downloading these podcasts. And if you don't already do so, subscribe to our newsletter, the Intelligent Medicine newsletter. It's free. Go to drhoffman.com and subscribe. Comes out once a week, generally around Wednesdays. You may unsubscribe at any time. This is actually part two from last week's podcast, which was obviously part one, right? I was talking about the dangers about low cholesterol or very low cholesterol. And this is based on a question that was asked uh, by a listener about what are the right numbers? What are we supposed to do? Well, I've taken a deep dive into it. I've talked about also cholesterol's role in mental health. And one of the last things I said in last week's podcast, and I would urge you, if you didn't already listen to last week's, go listen to that one first. Go download that one first and listen to it before you listen to this one, because I'm basically picking up where I leave off there. So research, we're talking about cholesterol's role in mental health. We're talking about how important cholesterol is. Research suggests that antidepressant medications may further lower serum cholesterol, counteracting any beneficial mechanisms. A lack of impulse control associated with drug addiction may also be attributed to poor cholesterol status. An assessment of cocaine addicts following hospital discharge revealed that lower cholesterol values predicted relapse at each follow-up, suggesting that recovery requires an adequate supply of dietary lipids like cholesterol. And this is where I left off from last week. Now, aggression can describe both, both physical and psychological behaviors directed towards the self or others, yet each of its manifestations has been linked to cholesterol status. This is from psychiatrist James Greenblatt. 
This is very, very important information. Violent conduct has been related to low cholesterol levels in patients ranging from adolescents with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, to war veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And while different genetic and biological mechanisms may be at play, cholesterol's influence on hormones and neurotransmitters may provide at least one explanatory link. Imbalance neurotransmitters inhibit, inhibit the normal stress response, triggering expressions of fear, which are at the root of aggressive actions. Now, a three-month observation of pre- and post-discharge psychiatric patients found significant associations between HDL cholesterol levels and violence building upon more numerous data related to total cholesterol and highlighting HDL as a potential biomarker for risk of violence. And the authors reported strong evidence that insufficient cholesterol reduces the transportation capacity of serotonin in the central nervous system, interfering with the limbic brain's affective and impulse responses. Remember that cholesterol is the substrate of so many of our other hormones, as well as neurotransmitters, as are amino acids. Also, amino acids also play a role in, uh, in neurotransmitter formation and function. Now, one of, one of the most disturbing demonstrations of self-aggression is suicide. Nobody would disagree with that. This is a tragically growing public health issue. And deaths by suicide are at their highest levels in three decades, increasing 24% between 1999 and 2014 to become the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. I was asking last week, I was asking aloud last week, why are, why are we having more mood problems, mood issues, suicide, depression, anxiety, and attempts at self-harm and suicide are also rising in the adolescent population with data suggesting a 65% increase in girls age 13 to 18 and reports of self-injury ranging from 15 to 30% of middle, high school, and college students. Low cholesterol status, again, emerges as a common thread in otherwise healthy suicidal patients and those with depression and eating disorders, showing associations with abnormal brain volumes and vitamin D concentrations. Vitamin D is also critical in these issues and not enough attention is paid to vitamin D. And by the way, when you don't have enough 7D hydrocholesterol under your skin to react with the UVB rays from the sun to make vitamin D in the body, that's another way that vitamin D is not being made if your cholesterol status is too low. So, in spite of biomarker data obtained from the clinical research, 
Suicide prevention through biological strategies remains elusive. Now, Dr. Greenblatt talks about an integrative perspective on cholesterol. Cholesterol levels should be monitored in all patients evaluated for depression, self-injury, and suicidal ideation. With the number of prescriptions to antidepressants and cholesterol-lowering drugs continuing to rise in patients young and old, it is imperative for clinicians to be aware of the undeniable influence of cholesterol status in both the etiology and treatment of mental health disorders. Based on decades of clinical experience in Dr. Greenblatt's integrative psychiatry practice, genetic heritability, dietary cholesterol intake are highly predictive of mental health risk. A family history of aggression, violence, or substance abuse may indicate a heritable metabolic defect affecting normal synthesis and recycling of serum cholesterol and suggesting a need for greater dietary intake. Imagine that. This is medical heresy. Eat more eggs. Don't throw away those yolks. Eat more meat. Eat more butter. Furthermore, Dr. Greenblatt says, a personal history of trauma, chronic stress, or eating disorders are flags for potential influences on cholesterol metabolism. While consumption of high cholesterol foods continues to be vilified in the battle against cardiovascular disease, inadequate dietary cholesterol is often overlooked. Consensus on what represents low total serum cholesterol varies, but the normal range identified by the National Institutes of Health suggests that levels above 125 are adequate in most men and women. Hmm. While many clinicians recommend total cholesterol remains below 150, Dr. Greenblatt's concern is triggered in psychiatric patients with levels below 130, particularly in those with restrictive diets or symptoms of irritability, a lack of impulse control, or reckless behavior. And in these patients, gradually increasing total serum cholesterol over a period of three to six months has produced clear improvements in mood, along with decreases in aggressive tendencies and any drug cravings. I'll tell you what, as a nutritionist, this whole 30 to 40 decade, uh, 30, 30 to 40 year, three or four decade time of low fat and being fat phobic has contributed to mental health disorders that we're seeing today. And these are only exacerbated by the increasing prescription writing for statins, cholesterol lowering medication, as well as antidepressants. We already know that antidepressants can be dangerous for younger people, teens and those in their 20s. As knowledge of the link between diet and the brain grows, now is the time to reverse cholesterol's erroneous reputation and recognize this essential nutrient as a critical component for mental health. 
So, and I just want to read here uh, what Dr. Green, Greenblatt has to say uh, in, in, in conclusion to this, and then I'm going to go on to more information about cholesterol. It may be medical heresy, he says, to advocate for raising cholesterol, but only because of widespread ignorance and stubborn adherence to outdated information and methodology. The World Health Organization predicts that by the year 2020, and you could tell this was written before then, the global rate of suicide will increase to a depth every a death every 20 seconds, doubling the rate estimated in 2014. This alarming societal epidemic highlighted by recent high-profile deaths and substantial data supporting the prevalence of low cholesterol among mental health patients provides an opportunity to expose a major potentially preventable risk factor and a simple, straightforward treatment model that may solve thousands of lives. And really, I want to talk to you about a couple of books here. One is called The Great, the, the Great Cholesterol Myth. Now, this book was co-authored by Johnny Bowden, as well as the late Stephen Sinatra, whom we all miss dearly the great integrative cardiologist, Stephen Sinatra. He and Johnny Bowden wrote this book, The Great Cholesterol Myth. This was released back in November of 2012, but it all holds true. The Great Cholesterol Myth reveals the real culprits of heart disease, including inflammation, fibrinogen, triglycerides, homocysteine, triglyceride to HDL, ratios, high glycemic levels. And here are some myths versus facts. Myth, high cholesterol is a cause of heart disease. Fact, cholesterol is only a minor player in the cascade of inflammation, which is the cause of heart disease. Myth, high cholesterol is a predictor of heart attack. Fact, there is no correlation between cholesterol and heart attack. Myth, lowering cholesterol with statin drugs will prolong your life. Fact, there is no data to show that statins have a significant impact on longevity. Myth, statin drugs are safe. Fact, statin drugs can be extremely toxic, including causing death. And let me add to that before death. Statin drugs also mess with your vitamin K metabolism which is responsible for keeping coronary arteries clear. Statins are now recently being blamed for more, for more coronary artery calcification. Go figure. Statin drugs are also shown to be, cause diabetes in men and women, but especially found in women. Myth. Statin drugs are useful in men, women, and the elderly. Fact. Statin drugs do the best job in middle-aged men with coronary artery disease. Myth, statin drugs are useful in middle-aged men with coronary artery disease because of its impact on cholesterol. That's a myth. Fact, statin drugs reduce inflammation and improve, improve blood viscosity, it thins the blood. Statins do that. Statins are extremely helpful in men 
with low HDL and established coronary artery disease. Myth, saturated fat is dangerous. This is a myth that's been debunked several, many times over and the establishment medical community, the medical industrial complex, may I call it that, is still mired in all of this saturated fat phobia. It's unfortunate. Fact, saturated fats are not dangerous. The killer fats are the trans fats from partially hydrogenated oils. Myth, a high carbohydrate diet protects you from heart disease. Fact, simple processed carbs and sugars predispose you to heart disease. Myth, fat is bad for your health. Fact, monounsaturated and saturated fats protect you from metabolic syndrome. Sugar is the foe in cardiovascular disease. Myth, there is good HDL cholesterol and bad LDL cholesterol. Fact, this is oversimplistic. You must fractionate LDL and HDL to assess the components. Myth, cholesterol causes heart disease. Fact, cholesterol is only a theory in heart disease and only a small component of lipoprotein A. So this is the book called The Great Cholesterol Myth by the, the late Stephen Sinatra and Johnny Bowden. Another wonderful co- uh, book about cholesterol is Cholesterol Clarity. What the HDL is wrong with my numbers? Again, that's called Cholesterol Clarity. What the HDL is wrong with my numbers? This is by Jimmy Moore and Eric Westman. Eric Westman has done a lot of research on this, as well as low-carb diets. This was released in August of 2000, of 2013. So in this book, you're going to find out why your LDL cholesterol and total cholesterol numbers may not be as important in determining your health as your doctor may think. Why your LDL cholesterol and the undeniable... Why your LDL and total cholesterol numbers may not be as important in determining your health as your doctor may think. The undeniable negative role that chronic inflammation plays in your health. In this book, you'll also learn why cholesterol-lowering statin drugs don't necessarily solve your heart health concerns, and they truly don't. Why your doctor should be testing for LDL particles and particle size when measuring cholesterol. That counts. You want big, fluffy, pattern A LDL particles, not small, dense, atherogenic pattern B LDL particles. In this book, you'll also learn why HDL and triglycerides are far more predictive of health concerns than LDL and total cholesterol. I remember Dr. Stephen Sinatra said people who live the longest have a combination of low triglycerides, low insulin, and high HDL. These are the people who live to be in their hundreds. It's a combination of high HDL, low triglycerides, low insulin. And also you're going to learn why consuming foods with saturated fat is actually good for you and why carbohydrate-based foods 
can be detrimental to attaining the best cholesterol numbers, and why a growing number of physicians, researchers, and nutritionists believe treating cholesterol numbers is virtually irrelevant. Again, this book called Cholesterol Clarity by Jimmy Moore and Eric Westman and The Great Cholesterol Myth, written by the late Dr. Stephen Sinatra and Johnny Bowden. This is all very important information. We are working here to dispel the myth about cholesterol being the bad guy. Again, it's the spackle that fixes the crack in the wall. How is the spackle to, bl to blame? If you had a crack in the wall in your living room and you get the painter and he's gonna, fa he's gonna spackle it, how is that the problem? That spackle didn't cause the, the crack in the wall. And what causes the crack in the wall? Inflammation, high blood sugar, high insulin, a poor diet, poor lifestyle, all of the above. That's what causes the cracks in the wall of your coronary arteries where a great superhero called cholesterol has to come out and do its very important job of repairing that crack in your coronary arteries. It is not the foe. It is indeed not the foe. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Ways In here on Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.